0: And I want to, I want us to just go on into the, to the Word because all of this is falling right into alignment with the Word that I want to share with you. We appreciate the moving of the Holy Spirit and, 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 and as He works and, and ministers among us. And, and I also thank the Lord for His Word because everything, everything rests upon the Word of God. His Word is truth. And his word is powerful. So again, we'll thank you for being here today. We got some announcements I'll make at the end of the service, but I want you, I want to, to go right into the scripture. I mentioned to you a few moments ago about Dana, uh, Dana Clower, and certainly we praise God because Dana is improving. And, uh, she still has a ways to go, but early in the week, things looked often, you know, uh, very, very grim at times, very bleak. But things are improving with her and, and she's, she's, she's getting better. We know that we live in a time when so much is happening around us and probably, you know, uh, I, I find it a little bit, I guess, bizarre myself that all of a sudden we went from hearing Russian collusions and We've, uh, hearing all kinds of different things in the news till, uh, basically we've forgotten all of those things now, uh, you know, for the larger part. And all we're, all we're hearing around us every single day on every turn is COVID-19, coronavirus, the Chinese virus, whatever you want to call it. And I, I, I distinctly recall, uh, in, uh, March, that I stood right here. The first few services we did. Uh, merely live streaming. We didn't even do them outside. And uh, the, this room was empty. Other than myself. And, and a, just a, a, a very small praise team. And I said. You know this is not going to last long. I said. You know we will get through this. I preached that message. We, you know this too shall pass. Is actually what I called it. But now we're, we're here in. Coming into the middle of August and, and, and all of this is around us. And, and I don't mean that I'm not trying to be a bearer of bad news. I'm not trying to be depressing, but right now, you know, there, there's a Mercer County in itself. The county that this church resides in is, is at a very high, high peak in the diagnosis of, of this virus. But, but it has, whether it's in Mercer County or wherever we be, uh, we may be, we see the implications or the impact is the, is the right word. We see the impact that this coronavirus has had on physical health. There's people that's lost their lives, no doubt. I don't, I don't, I've never argued the point that the virus is real. And I never will. But there's people that have lost their lives to this virus. I hope nobody close to you or, you know, I don't have anybody that's been real close to me. But regardless, if, if it's an absolute stranger, it's terrible. But also we find that the coronavirus has had another impact. That impact has been on mental health, as we would call it in society. In 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 June uh, on June 30th, uh, Oxford University Journal of Medicine issued an, uh, or they released an article, and in that article, this was a statement that was made: It said, the the, the psychological reactions to COVID 19 pandemic may vary from panic behavior or collective hysteria to pervasive feelings of hopelessness. And desperations which are associated with negative outcomes including suicidal behavior. You see, we, we people, whether we realize it or not, we are really becoming very tired right now. We are becoming very worn in all of the happenings that have been, are, and who knows how long will continue to go on around us. Now I already established to you, I, I don't I I have no dispute whatsoever that COVID nineteen, corona, Chinese virus, whatever you want to call it, is real. It's 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 real. We 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 have not in person witnessed people that have that have or are going through it, but we know of people and we're seeing people, we're hearing the stories, we're all seeing the stories, we're hearing about our own own family, church family member, Dana, that's that's up the road here in the hospital right now on a ventilator. It's where but, but let me tell you something else. I, I'm a firm believer that there because because I think as believers the Word of God, I know the Word of God establishes that we acquire the mind of the Spirit whenever the Holy Spirit abides within us. And, but even at that, I don't have to be a spiritual giant, if you would. I don't have to be some spiritual intellect to understand and realize that underlying all of the, the, the virus, the physical sickness, the mental stress, there is a spiritual warfare that has been going on and is continuing to go on. And it is probably going to continue to rage through... The This virus and all that's going in right now. Now, here's the thing. Jesus is a healer. Jesus was tied at a whipping post at a place called Gavatha. And there he was beat, according to Roman tradition, unto one lash of his life in order that you and I may be, can be, and are physically healed. You okay. But in that, there is also, I, I want you to understand, can you gather with me in your mind, can you gather your thoughts to think about the mental anguish because Jesus was God made flesh, the mental anguish that Jesus was suffering at the time that he was taken and he was drugged to that post and he was chained or strapped to it and beaten until um, I, I'm sorry for being so graphic because we're not doing nursery so we got in children's church yet but so we got all our kids in the room here but 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 Jesus beat to the point where his internal organs were exposed or even perhaps hanging through the, the lashes in his body. So not only does Jesus understand our physical healing, but Jesus understands our mental healing. Jesus understands what we are going through. And in this spiritual battle, in the spiritual warfare, which is what we're in, we have not been forsaken, we have not been let down, we have not been let go, but Jesus is ministering to us through the course of everything. Now, I want to share, uh, I want to share, that was my COVID-19 assessment. I want, to sh- I want you to go to Luke chapter 6, real quick. Luke chapter 6, and we're going to read verses 6 through 10. We read that, on another Sabbath, he, being Jesus, he went into the synagogue and was teaching, and a man was there whose right hand... Was shriveled. How many left paws do we have in the room today? Ah, two, three, three. Okay, so we, uh, you know, we got about three. So less than less than ten percent in this room. I didn't research it, but do you know the majority of people in the world are right-handed? In in fact, if you are left-handed, that's what left pawed means. By the way, if you're left-handed, you are a very unique person. This guy was right handed. This man was right handed. He was in the synagogue. But there was a man there. His right hand was shriveled. He could have been born with a birth defect. He could have been injured. He he could have he could have uh, he could have sometime had some leprosy and, and 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 been healed. We we don't know exactly what, but shriveled actually means that his hand was 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 so distorted it was unusual. It was unusable. It was it it it, it no longer could fulfill its purpose. It's, it no longer could 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 complete its mission. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. But Jesus knew what they were thinking, and he said to the man with the shriveled hand, Get up and stand in front of everyone. So he got up and he stood there. And then Jesus said to them, I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath? Which is lawful on the Sabbath? To do good or to do evil? To save a life or to destroy it? And he looked around at them all and then he said to the man, stretch out your hand and as he did so, his hand was completely restored. I, I want to, I want to give you just a little illustration. I didn't want to wear a jacket today because it's simply It gets warm. But this man probably had a cloak on. He wore a cloak, especially going to the temple to worship. And as this man wore a cloak, because of his withered hand... You see, his withered hand was was a social embarrassment to him. That man probably lived his life like this. That withered hand... That hand that was drawn, that hand that was mangled, that hand that was no longer of any use to him was, was more than likely, according to history and tradition, was more than likely carried around hidden hidden from the rest of the world hidden from all of his friends probably even hidden at home his this man supposedly he had a wife and and maybe his his wife never got to see his hand maybe he wore i knew a man one time when i was a, uh, growing up as a young man uh, i knew a man that had his hand damaged in a, a bad accident and he always wore a glove on his hand he didn't want anyone to see his hand this man this man kept everything covered he kept everything out of sight he kept everything from from being looked upon because it was an embarrassment it was a humiliation it was a uh, it gave him uh the feeling or maybe he even was actually looked at as being inferior you see, most of us, most of us as believers, believers, they have a, they have a goal of, we, we say we want to please God. We testify to that. We talk about all, that all the time. We say, well, I, my main thing I want to do is be pleasing to the Lord. And, and, and what, what things, what things do we do to really please Him? Well, when, when we want to please the Lord, we, 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 if we're really endeavoring to please the Lord, we want to give Him our best. We want to sing our best. We want to preach our best. We, 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 you know, I, I'm, I'm one that through the years I've always stressed in pastoral ministry with leadership is, is no, no sloppy agape, you know, do, do, do ministry with excellence. Uh, and excellence doesn't mean it has to be perfect. It just means we put forth great effort and we, we do, we do our, our good part in presenting ministry. Uh, we, in our Christian life, we should be doing our best for the Lord. We Offering our best for the Lord. But here's the thing about it. Every single one of us in this room. Or every person that's watching this. Every every single one of us. Have something in our life. That is less than best. Every single one of us in this room. Has something that, that maybe we're not proud of every single person in this room has something going on in our lives about us about our maybe our physical makeup uh who we are maybe maybe in our our, our spiritual uh dna whatever whatever the case may be every single one of us have something that we're less proud of now we we don't mind we don't mind showing off and, and letting everybody see the the good stuff the good hand you know this guy he did all no no doubt he probably did all of his way even with his left hand. He he probably did all of his shouting hallelujahs with his left hand. He probably, he probably, you know, stirred the gravy, you know, when he, was, if he helped his wife, he probably stirred the gravy with everything he did. He offered it and he did it with his left hand because the right hand was looked upon and in, as we can evidently see, it was his, his right hand was impaired. So it, it, it was looked upon as being an affliction or a hindrance to him. And sometimes you and I, we are so able and apt to give our best to the Lord. We give Him that left hand wave. We we, we praise Him with the left hand. While all the, all the time, just stay with me just a moment. All the time, we're walking around with, with, with that mangled hand covered. That mangled hand is hid from everyone that we come in contact with. Now, here's the thing. Why do we withhold the unpleasant thing? What is the unpleasant thing? The unpleasant thing occurs when we're struggling. When we're struggling, when we're having a hard time, when maybe, maybe our, maybe our, our children are, are being, uh, the children that we would not want them to be. You know, the preacher's kid is not what he should be because he's been playing with the deacon's kids. You know what I mean? Type thing. And, and, and maybe, maybe, maybe something else is going on in your life that, that, that you feel your hand is mangled if you would. You, you want to keep it hid. You want to keep it tucked under well listen here's what happens you see with this man there was probably a little bit of embarrassment but the reason there was embarrassment because there was a little bit of pride and there's nothing wrong with having a little bit of pride I want you to know that not haughtiness but there's nothing wrong with having a little bit of pride I appreciate all of you all that combed your hair this morning I got up that's one of the first things I do when I get up every morning I do my hair first thing did it this morning you know, I, I try to do my hair every single day, and I look around and I see some of you do this. That you evidently do the same thing. Elaine over here, she, she knows how we love her and pick at her. We just don't know what color hers is gonna be when she gets here with it. Yeah, bless God. And that's all right, Elaine. You make life fun. But the, the, but the truth of the matter is, is what, what we do, we sometimes, sometimes in what this man had, had let happen is pride sort of was hindering. Pride, he was hindering. What was he hindering? Let me tell you what he was hindering. He was hindering what God wanted. Are you with me? He he was hiding what God wanted the most. You see, uh uh what because when we find ourselves, when we find ourselves holding back and hiding things because maybe we're embarrassed and we're humiliated and we don't want other people to see them. I, mean, I gotta condense this because of time this morning. But here's the thing about it is we, we want to offer God, we want to, even in the public eye, the worshiping eye, we want to present the good things. We want to, we want everybody to see the good part about us while all the time we've got the bad part, the withered part tucked away under our garment where nobody else can see and, and we don't even want God to know what's there. But you see, we see an important matter here because it said Jesus even knew, knew the thoughts that these people, these Pharisees, he knew the thoughts they were thinking. Do you realize if Jesus knows the thoughts that we're thinking, if He knows the number of hair on our head, whether it be many or or few, do do you realize that there's nothing that we can hide under the garment that Jesus doesn't know about, He's not aware of? We can't conceal anything from Him. We can't hide anything from Him. We can't go into a closet or a dark room and He'll not know about it because He knows everything everything about us that there is to know we can't escape that because he is god of all but the man he is in the synagogue perhaps worshiping And his left hand is raised. His right hand is hidden. There's just a few things, nuggets, I want you to catch. This is one of them. Surely God was giving praise from the good hand. But how much more greater praise would come from the bad hand? Are you with me? How much better praise would come out of the, 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 the part that, 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 that was embarrassing, the part that, 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 that was, uh, if you would, he was self-conscious of the part that, that he didn't want anybody to see. Yes, I want you to see, I made myself a note and I wrote down, a withered hand is the stuff that miracles are made of. And whatever the withered hand that you have going on in your life right now. You know, you may have all of your fingers... I used to say fingers, but my wife, she's helped me with that. All of your fingers, you may have all of your fingers and all of your toes. You may have everything that you need. You may not have anything crippled up. You may not have anything that's mangled. But let me tell you this. There is something in your life somewhere, I'm sure, that is. But the withered hand is the stuff that miracles are made of. A number of years ago, and I, I was associate pastor in a little independent holiness church. It was a holiness church. I want you to know it was it was it was uh, like long skirts, bobby socks, and a PhD. Y'all know what PhDs are? Pentecostal hairdos. Holiness Church. And, 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 and as I was, a, and I had some roots and I started out and, and that was an associate pastor. I remember a revival service one night and a lady came in and that lady came in and she had backslidden on God. She had turned her back towards Jesus. She had walked far away and, and the Holy Spirit began to move in that service and, and it was a, 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 a similar, similar fashion to the way that worship was happening in this room this morning and all of a sudden that lady that came in and, and her not only was her her uh, spirit life broken and mangled but her physical being was broken and mangled she had crippling arthritis that had twisted her hands and her deformed her hands and her hands were all out of shape that her hands were basically useless to her but she began to raise her hands and she began to praise the Lord and I, I, this is not an exaggeration by any means but even amidst the worship amidst the music that was going in that holiness church you could hear the bones cracking in her hands as she began to stretch her arms to heaven and reach out her hands in praise and worship to God and I with my own eyes I've not seen too many but I've seen a couple and with my own eyes I watched as the whole Holy Spirit begin to work, and that lady's hands begin to straighten, and their knuckles begin to crack and pop. And she declared, she said, I can see fire coming off the ends of my fingers. I didn't see that, but she said she did. And I saw God not only take mangled hands and straighten them out, but he took a mangled life and straightened it out for his glory, his honor, and his praise. And he's still doing that. So withered hands, you know, it's, it's the stuff that, that, uh, you know, we're made of. I don't know how I got backwards. I pushed the wrong thing. So don't hide your bad hand. Don't, don't think, don't think that, listen, sometimes we're intimidated. Don't walk, don't, don't walk around through life hiding your bad hand. Okay? All of us has got our problems. Listen to this. Luke chapter 5, Jesus. Jesus answered him, he said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor. He said, but it's the sick. You see, if this man, of both hands had been good, I believe, that, I believe that man was ordained to be in that synagogue that day. I don't know, I, in my, this, is, this is my own account. This is, this is from the, from the, the, the Norse Ralph Taylor Revised Edition. I believe that man probably had that mangled hand from the time he was born. Could have been a birth defect, could have been an accident. But I believe he'd had it all of his life, but he had carried that, he carried that, he had lived with that hand, but he had lived with it, he had hid it, but it was all ordained for the moment that Jesus would walk into the synagogue on another Sabbath day and he would know the thoughts of unbelievers and he would go in and take that man's withered hand that had been hidden all of his life because he was ashamed of it, he felt inferior, and all of a sudden Jesus said, reach out that hand young man. And as he reached out that hand, we know that the hand became good. The hand began to function. Listen to me. But it's this reason. God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Listen to you. God wants to use your withered parts, my withered parts. He wants to use what's mangled up in my life. He wants to use what's mangled up in your life. He wants to Use what's messed up, tore up, broke up, bent up, and use it for His glory, for His honor, for His praise. So quit hiding it, pull it out, stretch it forth and faith, and just know that Jesus is going to straighten it out. I can see fingers beginning to grow off that guy's hand. I could see knuckles beginning to form, and, and 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 his little fingers beginning to work and bend. I can see him. I can see him because he was probably a banker like Scott. He was counting off one, two, three, four. He was probably count, I can I can see him saying, "Oh, I, wait a minute! I've never been able to count my grandchildren before." One, two, three, four. I can see. I can see. Him say, man, now I can go take those piano lessons I've been wanting to take. Now I can go take the banjo lessons I've been wanting to learn. And, and, and this man, he. He's suddenly, he suddenly illuminated with the presence of God. Has God has healed him? So what I'm saying to you is this: God wants to manifest in our inferiorities. Are you with me? You see, we think. Let me tell. You, let me tell you. Jesus used very few people that had it all together. Now you think you you might you might you might have it all together. Some days. I have it all together. Most of the time, it's not Sunday. I get I twenty how many years? I don't forgot. I don't care twenty 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 whatever whatever. Twenty six years of lead pastoring, and I still get nervous on Sundays. I fret over Sundays. I work because it's it's very important to me, And, and and sometimes I still don't even know why 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 I'm here. Okay. Because I know me. Those of you that don't haven't known me long, and are maybe never seen pictures of my past, you know, back in, in back in probably if, if you could go back about uh, what now forty five years. Gosh, that don't seem possible, does it? If you go back about forty five years or or forty to forty five years, and you had saw me, you would have thought I was cousin it off the Adams family because I had a long hair and I stood like this all the time, and and the hair just hung down in front of my face. Why am I even doing here? How can I get up and speak in front of people? How can I get up and proclaim? word. I'm insufficient. I'm inferior. I'm withered up, God. I can't do this. But he says stretch out your hand and if you'll just give me the inferiority of your life, I will take it and I will use it and I will manifest through you. Not for your glory or my glory, but for his glory. So don't hide your bad hand. Don't hide behind your inferiorities. Don't hide your inferiority itself. Just just you know, we used to say let go and let God because here's what I want you to I want you to remember. Here's what I want you to I want you to carry this thought with you. The greater glory occurs when we allow God to take our worst and make it his best. You see. We, we get so consumed sometimes with giving God our best. You know, oh, I want Him to have, what's, what's my best, wifey? What's my best? She tells me, oh, what's, what's my best? Tell me one of my better traits. I left her speechless, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to tell you one of my good traits. Yeah, I knew that's what you was going to say. I knew I'm probably one of the best cornbread makers on the face of the earth. One of these days, I'm going to South Pittsburgh, Tennessee to the Martha White Cornbread Competition. I'm going to enter it, and I'm going to win it. Because I am a cornbread making machine. Okay? Iron skillet, number 12. yellow. Don't make no white cornbread and it ain't got no sugar in it. And it's got brown, thick brown crust, top and bottom, about that thick. Where when you you don't eat with your beans, you crumble it up in buttermilk later on and you have it for dessert with a little black pepper on it. Give me an amen, Ballard. I'm a good cornbread maker. But there's a lot of other things I can't do very well. God don't necessarily need me to champion the cornbread society. So Somebody said, well, you went not of the cornbread contest. you know. You was already really good, so God didn't have anything to do with it. But let me tell you something. I, I, there's a lot of things that I can't do very well. There's more things I can't do very well than there are things that I do very well. But when you take the things like being a pastor. When you take things like being a preacher. In my life that I can't do very well, and I, I don't do very well, and I never claimed to ever be able to do it, and I never really pursued doing it, but when, when, but, and I used to look like Cousin It with my hair hanging down, you know, uh, now if I, if I did that now, I would look like the faceless man, you know, but, but, but the, but the reality of it is, is when God can take us in our inferiorities, God can take us in the things that, that we don't feel that we're equipped to do, the things that we feel that we're embarrassed to do. When we, when we will let's say, God, you have all of me. You can take and use everything about me. And he says, all right, I want to use that grungy part. I want to use that broken part. I want to use that withered part. I want to use that part that's all messed up of you. That's what I want to do to you. And we're sitting back saying, no, 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 God, use the good stuff. No, no. He says, I want to use that messed up part because when he uses that messed up part, all the glory goes to him. And as beautiful a congregation as you all are, handsome fellas and classy looking ladies, beautiful kids and youngins in this place this morning, you know what? Every single one of us have some kind of inferiority. Every single one of us have something that we're weak in. Every single one of us have something that we're struggling with. And maybe right now your faith is weak because of this whole COVID. That's where I began. Maybe, maybe, maybe you, maybe this has drugged you down and right now you're feeling your faith is so weak. I can't pray for anybody. I'm overcome with fear. I'm overcome with worry. I'm overcome with stress. I am in distress. And, and, and right now you just feel like you are hopeless and helpless. And you can't do anything. Let me tell you what, that man felt hopeless and helpless. He, he couldn't use his right hand for anything. It was all messed up. But Jesus said, stick it out here, young man. And in your hopelessness and in your helplessness God is just saying just release it to me. See Madison didn't know I was on I had this word for today. Just just release it. Just release your hopelessness your helplessness your inferiority. Just release it. Release it into the presence of the Lord this morning. I'm going to ask you right now to stand to your feet. I've already had you raise your hand and surrender but right now I'm, I'm just gonna sort of make an assumption that well maybe everybody didn't surrender, maybe we didn't release it. But right now, I just I just want you to you see this this fella. Even though Jesus, we we know that Jesus knew what was under that under his cloak. We we Jesus knew that he's 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 Jesus. He's Lord. He's God. Jesus knew what was under there. And, and don't don't worry about putting on some facade this morning. Don't 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 worry about bearing some image. Don't, don't worry about that, well, everybody in the church today thinks that I've got it all together in my life. Forget about that, Fooey, My My wife uses this expression all the time. Well, hogwash. Because none of us in this room have absolutely all of it together. None of us. None of us. Including me. None of us have it all together. And right now, what I want you to do, what I'm... What I'm pursuing you to do is right now just go ahead and uncover that withered hand. Go ahead, right now. Expose the withered hand to Jesus. Right now, just go ahead. He knows it's already there. But go ahead and just expose the inferiorities, the struggles that you're having right now. Maybe you're struggling in your faith. Maybe you're struggling because fear is overwhelming you with COVID. You're afraid to get out of the house. You're afraid to do anything. You're worried about dying. You're you you you're, you're concerned about all these stuff. But right now, just, just go ahead and pull that hand out and say. God, here it is. I expose myself in every way to you. All of my inferiorities, all of my problems, all of my difficulties, I give them all to you right now, Jesus. Just do that right now. Go ahead and take your time. God, I give it all to you right now. I give it all to you right now, God. I release everything to you. Lord, I release and I give you my, my inferiorities. I give you my blemishes. Lord, I give you, Lord God, my, my deformities. I give everything that I have. Lord, I want you to take, I take my lack of faith. Take the fear. Lord, take my fears, Lord God. God, take my apprehensions. Lord, take everything I have and use it for your glory. And God, I surrender. Surrender it all to you, knowing that you can restore. You can restore and you can heal. And you will use. You will use my withered hand.